Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome once again to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. And I guess what we're here primarily to discuss is the away fixture with uh, at Newcastle that was last night, the 1-1 draw up at St. James's Park, which I think we don't even need to discuss it. We know it's two points dropped, but um, we're going to get into that in a bit more detail and then start to look forward to Fulham. We, we were all there last night weren't we and um paul i now know why you you did the great north run you were just training for the the stairwell at st james's <laughs> park weren't you well i was really relieved because i'd been told it was 14 flights of stairs but it's not it's seven levels that are kind of the double one equals one level so actually it was a doddle mate them it's stairs still, still a long way I went. I was. I went um, with my brother-in-law to the game, and I I got to the top, and I just sort of like looked round, thought, where the, where is he? And I saw him come over the brow of the last step, and he'd like taken his jumper off. He was sweaty. He was a sweaty mess. It was funny. I got tickets in the home end just to avoid that. Did you do well to uh, remain under wraps? Or yeah, I did. I did. It was uh, yeah, scoring after twelve minutes, and it was looking pretty easy at the time. So yeah, there was nothing to get to. Uh, emotional about at that point but yeah if we'd have got the winner late on uh it would have been a different story right you can answer this for me then the the bbc report says that from the third minute that we want bruce out chance we're going round the ground right i never heard it once no i i think it started after we scored to be honest um they didn't seem to be chanting anything they were just getting on the players back there was a strange support they were they're just like so negative when they're defending but then when they were attacking they were you know roaring them on a little bit but no the the geordie raw is uh it's a bit of a myth isn't it i was right up against the weird shirtless children brigade up in the top corner where i think they just put the idiots and they were just chanting at us about they had two chants one that involved jimmy savile like all night and then one that was that our support wasn't very good. That was it. And uh, then they did that whole we're going to batter you thing, but there was a whole kind of uh, segregation. There's a whole block that was empty, and there was a line of police and a line of stewards. So the amount of big men that you get who were like, come on, man, come on, well, I'll see you outside. And you're like, it's very easy to say that when you're separated by 25 seats. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's such a weird environment around that club at the minute i was i was looking around and just trying to figure it all out for a period of time whilst i was looking out of the stand above the tyne bridge which is a pretty weird feeling and on the big screen they were just playing like loads of footage of Faustino Aspria and shearer from 25 years ago and and it it feels like they've got nothing to look forward to as a club and they are literally just living off the past. And it, it, it's almost like when we were in the Ken Bates era at Leeds, like we we only really had the the past to reflect on. And even like the halftime comp here, it was like 
there's no buzz about it. But I don't know if you were listening to him, but he was just like, and uh, it's Jack. It's Jack's birthday today. He was reading it like it was a, the city's obituary or something. It was. It was just weird. It's just. It was such a weird place to be. He said one to. I think it was Julie who has congratulations to Julie who has started her semi-retirement after <laughs> thirty-seven years in the NHS. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I was happy to applaud it, but if he'd have given it a bit of whip, I think he could have had 56,000 people going, Julie, you're a hero. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. But the weird thing that they did before the game that I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't don't have a memory of any other team doing this, is that their pre-game highlights package was that the, the role, the video clips, were just of the goals they've scored against Leeds. So it wasn't their greatest goals. It was a highlights reel of goals against Leeds. And I thought, it's a bit scummy, really. It's a bit low. I felt it was cheap. Geordies are cheap, aren't they? We don't do that. But equally, no one does. So the game itself, then, let's uh, let's get into it. Obviously, the first half was brighter. What what were your highlights? What were, like, do, do you think players... Who, who did you pick out? Who was playing well? Because socials are obviously toxic when you don't win. Unless you win 4-0. It's a toxic place to be, but the, there's a lot of people getting called out. How fair is it? I think we should start with Rodrigo. I thought it was class. In the first half, he was he was just running the show. And I do think he showed, you know, what his potential is. But then obviously, you know, you're playing against Newcastle, who are in disarray and, you know, one of the worst teams in the league and he's got acres of space. But nevertheless, he looked he looked a class above to me. Second half, he was quieter, but then he still should have created the winner. He played a beautiful ball into Bamford, and Bamford fluffed, fluffed his shot. So uh, no, no, uh, fair play to Rodrigo. He, uh, I thought he answered his critics very well and scored a brilliant goal. I might add, I'm I'm crediting him with the goal. Scored yeah, without even touching it. I, I was still. Um... A little bit disappointed we didn't win, so I hadn't watched any highlights back. I'd only seen the the Dan James penalty incident back, and I, and I watched them just before we started recording. And yeah, I agree. Like Rod, Rodrigo made made that goal really, didn't he? He knew exactly what he was doing, and and I do I do think he had a much better game than we've seen. And and I know similar to you, Rocco, that it feels like oh, well, it's only Newcastle, so what does that prove? But equally, he was pretty terrible against Crew. Uh, <laughs> so so actually, it's a tougher opposition, and he proved himself in it, but. Again, it goes back to everything that we said on the last podcast, or certainly I said, where it's you know is it, it's, it's not working in that position for him. But at the end of the day, Bielsa does know it better than anyone else, and yeah. maybe there's maybe there is a very good valid reason to to keep going with him there. Yeah, the thing that impressed me as well. Um, so I was quite, I was sort of near the halfway line and quite low down. Um, so you get quite a different feel for it. It's very different to the seat I have at Ellen Road and. Rodrigo, you know, he was like, he was a bit like Pablo, you know, influential in, in his um, sort of, yeah, even even off the ball, he, he was sort of dictating the play, you know, bellowing the instructions and, yeah, pulling the strings, you know, even when he didn't have the ball, he, he was really impressive and he didn't look like a guy that was suffering with confidence, but... And again, you know, he missed what looked a really easy chance actually as well. But um, I've not seen that again. I don't know how how clear it was, but I think he curled one around the far post in the first half. But no, either way, I was I was really impressed by him. So that's uh, that's a positive. I think our finishing left a lot to be desired. And that's like, oh, Furpo, come on. Like, let's talk about <laughs> Furpo generally because like he is not, we haven't brought him in to do the, uh, the tap-ins or the, side foot or that anything but what he did i had a lot of space 
next to me because we were right up in the top corner and people didn't come. And I genuinely had a hissy fit and threw myself to my knees when he did that because it was diabolical. And my brother texted me asking me if I'd caught it. I was like, well, it's at the other end, but it's gone into orbit, so it'll come round eventually. Um, but what about his defensive work? Did he improve? Did, you, did, you, did people take any positive from junior's game well for me i think he uh i think he committed himself far too early for the goal and far too easily just you know suddenly was on the floor when i don't even <laughs> think he was shaping to shoot at that point and he was just just threw himself in there and i think he did a little bit similar in the, the man U game one of those goals i think he he was a bit easy to commit himself um yeah, I, I, I've not been impressed, to be honest, so far. Um, and yeah, like I say, that miss was abysmal. But then he did quite well leading up to the miss, didn't he? he surged forward and played a nice ball to, to Rafinha. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. He's, he's not had a good start, has he? I, I mean, he, he did all right, to be fair, against Liverpool in the end. You know, he's against Salah and he's completely exposed. He managed to tackle him a fair few times. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not impressed yet. The thing that I noticed with Firpo that stood out and annoyed me more than anything really was, I think in the first half, sorry, in the second half when uh, Somerville came on and made his debut, which is brilliant for him at 19. And I think he made a pass to Somerville or, or, or Somerville's movement wasn't as he anticipated. And he was just bawling at him. And I just thought, yeah, I'm not really a fan of that. Like, you know, it's his debut as, as if he needs an experienced pro just slating him. I think, you know, what you want to do is talk talk around it and encourage him. And I don't think anyone at the club would necessarily like that as well or, or look on it in in any sort of positive light. So that was the thing I think that just let him down. And and I, and I do think there's yeah more to be desired from him, but at the minute it's just it's not it's not happening as it as it should in theory on paper. I thought that there was a moment when he I think it was him that was uh, tying his shoelaces after an attack <laughs> and they burst forward up like Good God. Well, I saw that and I was worried as well, but then I saw Cooper uh, screaming to, I think, I can't remember who it was, who was on the left-hand side. Rafinha switched over to that side, didn't he? And he was screaming at Rafinha to get back. So I was like, all right, it's okay. Liam Cooper's seen it, it's fine. (laughs) I thought Liam Cooper did all right. Again, this is another one that split uh, opinion. And I thought Luke Aylin was brilliant at the centre-half before we get on to man of the match, I guess, which is a bit down the line. But I thought... And I think uh, Chris O'Hiles was pointing out that as St. Maximum tired, Cooper's superior fitness allowed him to get a bit closer to him. He is a hell of a talent, isn't he? I mean, their tactic was, it's rare in the Premier League that you see that, but like their tactic was, where is he? Get the ball to him and, and hope he scores. If he gets injured, like last week, they are screwed. They might yeah. be screwed anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought the first half, Cooper, yeah, he, he did struggle with him, um, but as, as most defenders would, because he is he is class. Um, but yeah, second half, I thought he did great. And yeah, I agree. Ailing was, was superb all night as well. Really good. It's funny because I bumped into someone on the way out and they were... Uh, yeah, not impressed by Ailing at all, and I, I thought he was. Yeah, he, he had some moments that could have been better, but overall, I thought he was really good. And you think you're asking a lot of someone to just drop into centre back, who's usually a, a you know a right back. It's a, it's a completely different set of skills on on a football pitch. So and he and he's all he's always good. He's like it, you can tell he says and does the right things. He's a good leader on the football pitch, and I and I, I genuinely like him. And I, 
glad he plays for us. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he might have done wrong. I can't remember him. I, I can't remember him doing anything bad. There was a couple of passes where that um, he made them put us under under pressure, where they were quite high up the field at that point. But it, you know, we recovered them, and it was and it was okay. And then the uh, the wide forward players, so Dan James and uh, Rafinha Roberts, and some of them. I did. I did think. I know why we got rid of Helder Costa because we, that was a literal switch. So this isn't really anything to do with that. But when you saw the team come, I was like, "Yeah, I'm happy with that team. That's fine." Then you look to the bench, and, and th- this is the stretch of it. If you take out Tyler Roberts and Shackleton, there are no there are no appearances. <laughs> we got Red Bear, but I, I thought they did all right, both wide players. But clearly, neither are fully match fit. Dan, Dan James's pace is is frightening. Seeing him fizz around in that lilac shirt uh, is pretty was pretty impressive, and it was the main the main times I noticed it was were actually when he was working back and he was intercepting mm. intercepting play. Or there was there was one where he he caught the ball off there right back, and I, I just thought, yeah, there's no chance anyone else on the field would have caught that. And had he not, we were in you know deep trouble. I think they would have broke through. So, and and the the incident you know where he skipped past two players and then was brought down in the box how that wasn't a penalty i've got no idea it's i mean we were like the other side of the earth when that happened up in that stand and it still looked uh it's it looked a penalty from there but you think well hang on a minute i am four miles away from where it took place but it is ridiculous watching the replays and it was stonewall you, you could just tell it you know just completely clatters into him and Funnily enough, it, it like when I've seen I've seen the replays now, and when you slow it down, you might be able to make an argument as to why you know he didn't give it. But in real time, it's just completely obvious he was completely clapped down. And I mean, to be honest, I thought Mike Dean did all right. There was a few times he you know he saw you know dive swap there were, and he maybe he must have just seen it as you know like that Salah one last week on when when Phillips you know just sort of stood there and didn't do too much, and Salah threw him over. Uh, Phillips, his body, and but it wasn't. I mean, I don't know how he would see it like that. I'm, I'm trying to fathom it, but it was ludicrous. And for VAR not to get involved, just yeah, it just makes it so much more annoying, doesn't it? See, I thought Mike Dean was rubbish, and uh, <laughs> that was because on the general play and what he let go, I was I was fine with. It was what he chose to book was really inconsistent, and the ones that he'd let go, I think it was Rodrigo's booking. In, in the grand scheme of what went down, relatively innocuous. So my brother's in the Netherlands and he's watching and he texts me saying, Furpo should have had a second yellow. And I text him saying, I don't think he should have had the first one. He was like, yeah, he definitely should have said, well, I've got the benefit of being here and being biased. So I think <laughs> I'm right. Uh, uh, do you watch uh, Ted Lasso? It's on Apple TV. No, but I've been I've had it recommended. Is it so? I'm assuming it's worth watching. Yeah, it's it is very good. Like the first couple of episodes, I wasn't sold, but now hooked, and I'm going to watch the latest episode tonight. But there was a an episode, the last episode, Mike Dean cameoed on it, and he was <laughs> he, he was refereeing a game, and they hurl some abuse at him, and he's like, "I've been called worse than that," and just walks away. And that was like his one speaking part. I was like, "That sums you up, Mike Dean." Quite happy to appear on a bloody TV show. What was that so in the second half? And I've got no idea what happened. Um, but it, the Newcastle keeper had the ball and he just stopped the play and walked all the way down to the penalty area and did a drop ball out of <laughs> oh, yeah. it seemed like it was out of absolutely nothing. <laughs> Any think, idea what that was? Yeah, I think Dallow said this ball's flat. 
which would have suited Bamford because it was just after Bamford had been put through and then just oh, trickled yeah. it to the keeper. So he kind of looked, called my. This is I'm assuming this happened. So you were um, sat in the stadium of light. So this is your interpretation, isn't it? Well, I want to get to your issues with the stadium in a second because <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But I, I I think it was a case of he thought the ball was flat and Mike Dean came over and went, no, it's fine. Crack on with it. So that, that's all I could fathom from where I was. Right, James, th- these are a few points. Number one, James is scared of heights. So this was always <laughs> going to be an issue. Number two, it was a beautiful view. So who cares how high up we were? But number three, mainly, he keeps banging on about the stadium of light. But we we were like the stadium of light was in the complete opposite direction to the end that we we're in. So it doesn't even work as a geograph. Got me a little. No, bit to, to be honest, uh, I am quite envious of, of St. James Park. It's actually quite a nice stadium, isn't it? I've not been before. I thought it was quite nice. Uh, you, you said stadium of light. I thought the I thought the stadium itself was like ridiculously bright. And I know, obviously, <laughs> like with the cameras they've got nowadays, they have to imp- they had to improve the lighting. Yeah. But this is probably the first time I've been to a, a night game. You know, a Premier League ground that requires all that stuff. Because I didn't go to the uh, Crew game, and it, yeah, it like dazzled me when I came in the ground. Yeah. Ludicrous, but uh... I'll t- I tell you why. Not issues with the ground, but th- everything just seemed to be ha- happening like weirdly in there. So like ev- everyone on our row kept coming up and going, "Is this is this row I?" And we're like, "Well, I think so," but there's no row I in the stand. <laughs> so everyone had got row I on the tickets, but there was actually no row I. So everyone just stood there going, "Well, is this my seat?" I don't know. I was in row V. I think James would have crumbled. <laughs> His legs would have. Yeah, yeah that's high. Few other notes about the stadium. Number one. They were the world's biggest moths attracted to those giant bright lights as well. Like, and we couldn't tell if it was a perspective thing, but they were huge. And then equally, it is a great stadium, but it felt like a real fire hazard going down those steps afterwards when you're trying to get that many people funneling down. It just wasn't a I lot of fun. I, judging by your photos that you took, uh, Rocco, I don't know if you saw it, but the ball got cleared out of play into your stand. And uh, I don't know if he was a steward or he was someone working in like the executive boxes and it like flew towards him and he just basically ran to the edge of the stand and went boom and like headed, <laughs> headed it back onto the pitch. It was, no, it was I heard funny. it. I heard everyone cheering. I, I didn't know what had happened. Um, to, to, be yeah. fair, the, to be fair, the Geordie man connected well with it. it was well, I'm, I'm not going to be corrected on this because I was there. Um, <laughs> because they were bold, I've decided it was Alan Shearer. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So into the second half, well, I'm going to jump forward like maybe an hour, hour and a half. We're stuck in the car park, right? And there's a speed bump. And Matthew was driving the car and he was rolling back and forwards on this speed bump while we were queuing. And it was quite entertaining. I said, are you doing that by accident because you can't get over the speed bump? Or are you doing it for a laugh? And he was like, for a laugh? So I said, yeah, well, that's the most entertaining I've had since we scored, to be fair. So I didn't rate the second half very much, but I think it's linked slightly into the issue that I said earlier. Our bench in in our current moment is threadbare and the changes we had to make really killed any kind of momentum we had. Yeah, I don't really know what what went so wrong or what changed, why the Newcastle, you know, just improved and tightened up and weren't giving us as much space. I don't know, but yeah, the second half was a yeah, it was completely different, wasn't it? And we, we we just struggled to do anything, and it got to the point where we seemed to run out of ideas. And you know, when we get to the edge of the box and there's ten players in front of us, you know, we know that we're not we're not going to get anywhere, especially with uh, 
certain people on the pitch. Pass, 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 and then let Tyler Roberts shoot from the halfway line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but it was like it's not even it's not even a shot as we know it. It was just like a little dribble into the keeper, yeah. wasn't it? It's so feeble. Click yeah. as well. Click shooting. I mean, yeah, I think I, I would have saved every single shot from Leeds tonight. But do you think we looked? Do you think we looked better with Click in there? Yeah, I thought Click played well. To be honest, um, yeah, I was, I was quite happy with him. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's I do, I, I don't know because Dallas has been so good for so long. So I don't want to say that we're better with Click than Dallas, but it it looked good last night. I don't I don't know. It's a tough one. When we were going out down the uh, unsafe stairs, people were singing uh, the Ronaldo Vieira song, um, and I don't know if it's because Ronaldo Vieira's maybe in the country and decided to go and support Leeds and people saw him and were, were up for it. Or because after a, a draw that's been a little bit boring in the second half, people go into the deep cuts of the catalogue and start just going for anything to, to liven it up a little bit. I think um, I think that song was invented at St. James's when Chris Wood scored that equaliser. Um, so that that's my theory. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but yeah, maybe it uh, evoked some memories for some people. Well, consciously or subconsciously, I think you've hit the nail on the head and I'm going to go with that. And you were there, so I'm letting you go with it. It's absolutely... Do you know what? I don't know why I'm saying this. If you weren't there, you can have an opinion as well, obviously, <laughs> and probably a more legitimate one because you've seen... But it's, it but it's a wrong opinion though, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends, like, whether it agrees with my opinion or not, to be fair, yeah. really. So, so, yeah, we didn't... I think the only person that went really touched on is uh, Patrick Bamford, wasn't really his night. No. Uh, yeah. That feeble chance, uh, right-footed, didn't get hold of it. Uh, did he have any others? There was one that was a fell on his right foot that he ended up knocking over the bar. But again, it was like, it felt like he could have done more to connect better with it. It was just sort of a flap at it. And mm. it, it really is one of those, isn't it? You know, you, you, you see it over the years, the teams that do well, where they don't really get many chances, but they get one through on goal to their forward and they absolutely smash it in the back of the net and then it's job done. And, and we're, we're missing we're missing that but that's not just to, to shine a light on him you know I, I, I do think performances are a bit off all over you know it's not it's not just him don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a turbo tax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count that means getting 100 dollars back and 100 accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. I think in saying that, I'm going to go to man of the match and I, I, I'll start the ball rolling. My, mine is Luke Aylin for his uh, performance. So I think that probably tells you a lot that the guy I want to give man of the match is someone who was playing out of position for doing quite well before he sadly got injured and taken off. 
any anyone else got anyone different to offer? Yeah. Uh, well, you say we haven't mentioned, uh, we'd, we'd not mentioned everyone, and then you mentioned Patrick Bamford, but for me, it's our Frenchman in goal. I think uh, he he saved the day for us. Uh, he, there were so many times where he made massive saves. Was that one where he, he tipped the ball onto the post um, and there was countless efforts? I mean, I think... I looked and it was 22 shots. They had five on on target, but they were massive, important saves that he made. And yeah, it could have been a far worse night had it not been for him. It's funny you should say that because the other person we've not mentioned is my man of the match, and that's Calvin <laughs> Phillips. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I thought Phillips is just just immense. I, I just love watching him play. He's such was- a he was Brilliant. terrible. He went missing. That's why we didn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with Phillips. Uh, uh, Melies just is outstanding. I mean, yeah. I, and I might be getting carried away now, but I, I think Melies got a claim to be our greatest ever keeper. I mean, it, it's too early to say that it's better than Martin because he's not. You know, he's played one season, but he's got everything there to to be better than Martin. He's he's absolutely outstanding um and similarly I, I i mean phillips could be one of the best players i've seen play for leeds as well i mean he's he's just got everything he's you know so controlled so dominant he's just brilliant you know he, he did one crossfield ball that didn't land but that's probably like he's probably done half a dozen of those that haven't landed in three years it, it seems he's he's just phenomenal so yeah well, i'm going with phillips. he was absolutely like i was saying he his game has elevated to to a, such a high level. He he's brilliant. Although those I've remember the other chant that they said they were saying he's just a poo Declan Rice, <laughs> but it's original. But it, oh, he was brilliant. The, the passive range. He he's le- he, he's so strong. He's learned to use his strength in a really clever way. He's amazing. It's funny, isn't it? Because we've fallen fallen into the trap of what we did last season, where we just stopped mentioning. Uh, sorry, I say last season, two seasons ago, and we just stopped mentioning Ben White because he was just having phenomenal performance after phenomenal performance. And it's just a given that he does his job and he does it so well on the pitch. But um, it, for me, it's like there's there's one touch that he made last night on his left foot to then quickly clear it with his right, and it created so much space for him. And I just thought, yeah, that's just a level above. Like no one else on the pitch would have done that, and and I do think the level that he's got to is because he's playing for England and he's around and he is around the best the best players in the country and he's played against some of the best players in Europe and yeah he's 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 immense and he is the heartbeat of Leeds and it does frighten me a bit that that one day he'll go but we need to build a a, a successful club around him. Looking forward to Tuesday night. Do we have 11 players and how far down the pecking order are you, James, for getting a shout for, for going and playing down at Fulham? Oh, I'm I'm way off. My knees are absolutely shot. I think I've got arthritis in both of them. So, In fact, yeah, I'll probably get in. So, <laughs> who, who's going to come in? Creswell must have a shout. He's got to be close, hasn't he? I feel like he'll probably play pretty much the same team. Um I, I can't see many changes. I'd like to see Cresswell. I think he he looks like he deserves a chance. I mean, it, it's, I'm saying that pretty blind. Well, I'm saying it completely blind. I've never seen him play apart from Crawley, where he was obviously crap. Um, but I'd like to see him again. 
<laughs> and Cody uh, drama as well. I, I, yeah, I just I want to I want to see what they're about because they they look the part. They look they look like beasts. So I, I feel like they can do it. Um, Andy once famously sang a song about nobody giving a uh, stuff about the Carabao Cup on this uh, podcast. Does anyone give a stuff about this? Like, given the context of the start of our season, I think if we've won a few, had a few more points on the board, and people weren't too concerned then a cup run would be something that everyone was really excited about. But has that shine gone off it? Does anyone care? I would say, uh, for me, it's the opposite. I think because we've started poorly, that we should be uh, putting all our eggs in the Carabao Cup and uh, trying to have a good cup run, trying to get to Wembley, trying to get in Europe. Um, I I don't understand why we wouldn't. We're fit enough to play twice a week. Just go for it. Um, You know, there's not seven games left of the season and we're in a dogfight. I mean, you know, it's ludicrous giving up giving up a cup um, because we've not won in, what, is it four games? Mm. Is it five? It's five in the league, but it, obviously we've had a mega victory over Crew in between that. So, <laughs> like, that masks the truth that we're actually amazing. I think, uh, similar to you, Rocco, I think we should be well up for the cup. And also... Playing into what we always say, the consistency of of and the approach from Bielsa, we we need we need the consistency of playing with a similar team to actually get to where we want to be in terms of our ability to play football. And the only way we're going to do that is if we continually practice and we have the players that we need in the positions that he intends for them to be in in the long run. Otherwise, if you're going to swap and change, how are they ever going to get anywhere and become competent to to try and you know beat? Stronger teams in the league, uh, West Ham, Leicester, etc. That's kind of it. You, you sort of uh, hit a really punctuation on the podcast. There, you, you made a definitive point. Um, nailed it. Nailed it or killed it. You debate. I'm going to go nailed it. Um, we'll we've got the game against West Ham next Saturday. Massive game, really, because they are flying as well. Had really great result in Europe. Do they play? In, they they can't play in Europe this week then. Is there no Europe this week? Yeah, they must have it off if we're we're playing Saturday, aren't we? So, yeah, they have a well. Are, are they still in the cup? No, have they joined the cup because they're in Europe? This will be the first cup yeah. game. But they've got they they must have a huge amount of depth that they'll be able to rotate if needed. But yeah, it's a big game next weekend because it's a team who are ahead of us in in their journey. I think we should have got more points out of last season, but got none. So it is an it is an opportunity to improve, and a lot of these players are going to be quite hungry for that. So hopefully, the week will give us a chance to get a couple of bodies back. And uh, over this next uh, couple of games, we're going to start to continue our cup journey and pick up a few more points in the league. It's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning before we go as well, Rocco. You've written some lovely articles on the website. So if if you've not, uh, if if anyone's not read them, just go to leads.com and have a look. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I uh, yeah, I think I'm better at writing than I am talking. So don't let this put you off. <laughs> Get involved. Not true. <laughs> I've enjoyed listening and reading your words. Oh, stop it! Nothing with blush. Well, on that note, go have a read of Rocco's work. And his book, bestseller for 25 minutes, was it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, 20, 20 minutes, it was a bestseller. But um, it, it is also, no book in the history of Amazon has ever been rated higher than my book, Marcella Bielsa versus the Damned United. Well, there you go. Five out of five stars from 21 reviews now. Oh. Absolutely chomping. You're getting no value out of that bot that you've paid. 
<laughs> yeah. Haven't you got haven't you got another one coming as well, Rocco? You're like a writing machine. I, I am. Yes, I can give you the exclusive. Uh, the O'Leary is is uh, going to be out in January. I will. Uh, I'll release the, uh, the the front cover shortly uh, for all my fans to see. It's uh, it's good. It's going to be great. It's uh, it's a hell of a story. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's going to be great. I hope everyone has a good week. Hope we come back after a couple more uh, fixtures with a little bit more positivity around the club. But you know, we're in a great place. Look at Derby. There you go. I'll leave you with that. Network.